This is Voices of Hunger in North Carolina, presented by the North Carolina Alliance for Health and Moms Rising. I'm sitting here in Greensboro with Eli Lumens, an AmeriCorps VISTA volunteer and recent NC State grad. Hi, Eli. <laughs> Hi, Jessica. So glad that you've asked me to talk about my experiences with food insecurity here. Yay. <laughs> so why don't you tell us a little bit about your current uh, work and, um, and your current uh, and applying to be on food stamps. So I am an AmeriCorps VISTA and I started this role in this year in July. Uh, my work is primarily with food insecurity. So I work half of my time with uh, UNC Greensboro's Office of Leadership and Civic Engagement. Uh, working with projects such as the Days of Service and our Farmer Food Share Donation Station, which connects farmers with individuals and uh, puts more money back into the, the farmers themselves and also provides us with produce that we then provide to recipient organizations. And then I also spend half of my time with the Spartan Open Pantry, which is a food pantry primarily for UNCG and Greensboro College students, faculty, and staff. Uh, it's run by Wesley Luther, the Methodist Lutheran organization on campus, and I work behind the scenes with them to make sure that the operations are running smoothly, that we have the donations we need, uh, and like getting our community gardens up and running with the Spartan Garden Gnomes, which is my, my baby, my pet project. I realize that students respond to fun names, so obviously Garden Gnomes is how you get people to come out and garden. And everything that we harvest in both of our two gardens goes directly to the Spartan Open Pantry, where individuals can come and pick up the produce and take it home with them. Do you actually have garden gnomes? We do. We have one gnome so far. His name is Noman Norman. Um, and eventually, my hope is to get all the volunteers uh, gnome hats. Like, I'm planning on making them. At this point, will I really make them? Will it be just like a myth that we talk about? There could be gnome hats. I'm not entirely sure yet, but the plan is to have really fun gnome hats for everyone. Fun. So what interested you in this work? So um, I have, like, experienced food insecurity in my life, um, and I've also, you know, like, grown up around a lot of people who did. Uh, I think a common misconception that people have is that food insecurity means, oh, I've opened my cupboards and there's nothing there, I'm not going to eat. But what it really means is that your quality or quantity of food is impaired. It can mean, oh, I'm only eating peanut butter and jam sandwiches every day because like, I can't afford anything else, or I'm eating two meals instead of three, or I'm skipping meals so my child can eat. Um, Greensboro is ranked number nine in food insecurity for metropolitan areas in the country. Um, and we, like UNCG's campus, backs up to one of the largest food deserts in the country. So one in three students at UNC Greensboro will experience food insecurity this semester, and one in four children in Greensboro will experience it as well. Wow. So uh, tell us about what it's like living on the salary of an AmeriCorps VISTA volunteer and about um, having to get on food stamps. So... AmeriCorps is great because it, it provides me with this avenue to get experience that my undergraduate degree isn't in, but that I want to go into in the future. Um, but like that being said, as a volunteer in service to America, as VISTA stands for, I do not exactly make a whole lot of money. 
Um, so when I started this job, I was referred to food stamps and told that this would be a really great opportunity. Um, so I am qualified for the maximum of one person in North Carolina, which is $194 per month. Uh, and that sounds really great in theory, right? Like $194, I can go spend it on food. As long as it's not alcohol or prepared food, I'm pretty set. Uh, but it was actually really difficult to get on them. So I got, we were like sent a link to, uh, I think Second Harvest Food Bank uh, to like go through them to figure out how to get on the food stamps. And it just sort of like took a long time for me to get that call back. So what I decided to do was to go to my local uh, Department of Social Services office and go sit there and talk to like an actual human being about everything, which was really helpful. Um, I took in like the paper application that I'd filled out and they only asked me maybe like 10% of the questions that were on there. So that was a little weird. Um, and then I thought, you know, oh, like everything's good. By the time I leave, we've got everything set up. And they told me, you know, like in a couple weeks, you're going to get a letter in the mail that says like how many stamps you're eligible for. And a couple weeks after that, you'll get your card. And then on the 13th of every month, you get your food stamps. Because it, uh, like the date that you get them... Uh, like correlates to the last digit of your social security number uh so like that's how they like do like the rolling food stamps um but like after a couple weeks I hadn't received anything so I call and I'm like hey you know like just wondering like I didn't get this letter is that okay and they were like oh we don't really know why you didn't get it but the card will be there soon don't worry card never comes call back again can't get through call back again, finally get through, and they tell me that even though I told them several times what my apartment number was, they never wrote it down. So I guess it went into like mail limbo. They had to resend the card, which gave me another month of waiting. If So what did you do uh, for food during the, that long waiting period? The great thing about working with a food pantry is that I work at a food pantry. Um, so I actually uh, I'm in the system as like a registered person to pick up food uh, we just like have everyone fill out paperwork like for liability releases in case anyone gets sick or injures themselves at the pantry and then also so we can quantify the data of how much food output we do um, so I use the food pantry a lot during that time uh, which honestly I thought I would feel a lot more stigmatized about but I didn't which was really great for me to uh, like notice but also like exploring like unconscious biases of like people who use food pantries. So it was really interesting for me to think about how like being someone who works at the food pantry and then also needing to use the food pantry, like just the dichotomy of that. Um, but when I finally got the card, it was so exciting. I was worried that I would feel like embarrassed to use the card when I went out places. It's like pretty obvious what it is when you're there. Um, but I was just like so excited to like have this money. Like I almost cried at Aldi because I could get like $34 of produce. Like I got strawberries. I got strawberries, Jessica. And that was just like the happiest moment. Um, and I thought, you know, like, wow, this is actually gonna be really great. And I used the food stamps, everything's going well until the next month. And the next month I go in to use my food stamps and my card gets declined and I'm like, there, here's my first embarrassing experience of using food stamps. My card is declined at Aldi um, at like late at night. I don't know what to do. 
and I have to, you know, like, it's Friday. So I can't call them over the weekend to figure out what's going on. I try to call them on Monday and I can't get through to anyone. And at this point, I'm just like, how do people who, you know, like work multiple jobs that they like, you know, can't take a lunch break and can't make phone calls, like, how do they ever get through to like talk about these problems? Um, fortunately, I'm not in that position. So I got to call back the next day and got put through to my personal food stamps caseworker who told me that there was a hold on my account. And I asked, you know, like, why is there a hold? And she literally told me she had no idea. Sometimes the system just does that. And they have no idea until you call and tell them that there's a problem. So after that, they released the hold on my account. And like the next day I got access to the funds. It was just a frustrating experience there. Um, This past month, I got them in no problem. And I'm worried it's lulling me into a false sense of security since I've had so many problems so far. Um, So I guess we'll see on the 13th of this month if I get them in or not. Uh, I'm a little worried about it, but I'm currently at the point where, like, I'm using the food pantry a lot again. um, And, like, we do, like, a hot meal on Wednesday nights. So we just had one last night. And, like, we have a lot of, like, leftovers at the end of the night. So, like, I take my own Tupperware. I have, like, spaghetti that I'm going to eat for lunch today that we made at the food pantry last night. Like, we're sort of uh, sort of struggling over here a little bit. But, I mean, like, making it work. And it's also interesting because it, it puts me really in the position of the people that I'm serving. So, like, I, I have, like, a personal and empathetic response when people come in because I, like, I know what you're going through. I'm literally living it right now which frustrates me just on principle for things because I would rather not be in this situation as I assume most people would be. But I mean, I guess in the long run, it's building character or something. Well, uh, tell, tell us a little bit about the kind of people who come into the food pantry and are they all like a certain kind of person or is there a diverse range? So I wouldn't say that there's one cookie cutter person that comes into the food pantry. We primarily serve the students, faculty, and staff of UNC Greensboro and Greensboro College. Uh, but also, you know, like we've had people come from A&T because they're just getting their food pantry up and running and they don't have enough to like sustain all of their individuals. And we have some community members that come in and we keep like a few items for them on hand. Um, but really like food insecurity affects people from all walks of life Um, and whether it's just like someone needs a little bit of help or they need all of their food from us like we're here for them Um, so like at the pantry we try not to limit very much Uh, like we have to limit a few things like cereal and canned meat because those are really hard items to keep in stock Um, But other than that, it's basically we just ask people to take what they need for the upcoming seven days. And when we do like the wait at the end of the evening, like some people worry that we have like a wait limit for them. But uh, I always tell them, you know, if you want to carry out 60 pounds of food, I will cheer you on. I will help you do your car. Um, It's really it's whatever you need. That's what like we're here for. Um, But there's no like there's no one person that comes in. We have like some people who come in regularly and we have some people who stop in every so often um it's always uh interesting to like you know look at our demographics that come in um like students faculty and staff we are really on the rise this semester we've had over 400 visits 
and we've done over 4,000 pounds of food output since mid-August. Uh, I think we're on track to do 20,000 pounds of food output this school year alone, uh, which is really great when you look at like the scope of our impact. Like it, it's really heartwarming, but it's also like so sad that we're in a situation right now that like this many people like sort of desperately need our help. Um, it's just really humbling to to like look at and think through. So back to food stamps or SNAP. Um, so tell us a little bit about how that works and does it get you through the whole month? So I would say that it can get you through the whole month, but it isn't always going to. So $194 seems like a lot when you get it all at once, but when you're actually going to the grocery store and you're doing your shopping, it's not. I am in a really fortunate situation where I have a car and I can shop sales and I have like the time and the flexibility to you know, like look up those sales to find coupons, to drive to Aldi, you know, like to get cheap groceries and things like that. But not everyone is in that situation. So like the food stamps that I just got in October did not last me a whole month. Um, normally it does, but it's only because uh, like I shop sales. I, you know, am still in like the, the poverty mindset, I like to call it. So I don't buy like a lot of expensive things. Um, it helps that I'm a vegetarian, so I don't buy meat. Meat is really expensive. Um, when we get it for like our Wednesday night meals at the pantry, like just looking at the prices, like it's getting insane. So there's always that. And like we, I don't know. I think it's really like a difficult thing to imagine, especially for people who like don't have to worry about food, but it doesn't even just extend to food. Like if I'm looking at food stamps is sort of just, I view it as like money already pre-allocated to food. Um, so I have a meager paycheck and when I look at it, I have this certain amount of money that I can definitely spend on food, which can take some of the stress off of my paycheck, but not always. So right now, if I'm at the store without the food stamps, I'm looking at things and I go, well, do I need soap this month or do I need food? And that's a situation that a lot of uh, the people that come to like the food pantry that I work at are in. So like we're actually going to start, you know, like emailing companies for like pads and tampons because when you're at the store and you're looking at like the money that you have for food, you're not always thinking, oh, let me buy these like items with a luxury tax on them. We're not looking at razors and hand soap and deodorant. We're looking at like how do I make, you know, like ends meet with meals for the next few weeks and that's something that I've juggled like in this job there have been days where you know like I only have you know like one meal a day and it's not just because I'm busy it's just because like that's what I can afford um you like a granola bar for breakfast and then like one other meal because I just don't always have the money to like sustain everything else um and I know that there are people out there who will tell me that it's just because I'm not planning well enough for my food stamps but uh let me tell you, some food is expensive. And if I, you know, like have to stop at like Harris Teeter on my way home because that's the only place that I can get to, Harris Teeter's kind of expensive these days. Um, like it's, it's up there in prices. Like, you know, looking at just like the cost of milk at Harris Teeter is like way expensive compared to like Aldi or like the Dollar Tree. Um, but like if that's the only option that I have and I need milk, that's where I'm gonna stop. Um, so like not everyone has the luxury of being able to go to other places um, to get things. 
we have a grocery store on campus called Best Way, um, and there are like a lot of students who like go and use that uh, because it's within walking distance. I haven't been there, so I can't really speak to the the prices or anything, but it's like some people shop out of like you know a matter of convenience of where they can go, um, and that's like an option that people have. So not everyone has you know like the the same graces as me to be able to like go and drive to other areas to get things. Some people walk. Some people take the bus. Some people have to figure out childcare to go get their groceries.、Um, so, like when you're looking at that and you're looking at SNAP, you also have the added、uh, like problem of which stores are going to accept it, because not everywhere accepts SNAP.、Um, so, like you roll up into a store, you get everything you need, you get up to the counter, and then they don't accept it. It's really awkward. People have to go put your food back. You don't know what to do now. You've wasted all this time. You've wasted like the transport getting there,、um, and it's just really uncomfortable for pretty much everyone involved, but mainly for you because like you were counting on that, you meal prepped while you were shopping through the aisles, you figured out what you were going to do with everything, you were excited because you would have groceries to take home, and now you don't because food stamps is a difficult beast to master. <laughs> Um, and I think that that's something that a lot of people just don't understand is that there are a lot of technicalities that go into it. It's not like an end-all, be-all to food insecurity. Is it, you know, like one of our biggest resources to stop food insecurity? Yes, 100%. It is. But there are a lot of misconceptions about it, and there are a lot of problems with the system、um, that. We aren't really addressing right now, or that aren't being addressed fast enough, in at least my opinion. Well, on that note, do you have any suggestions or recommendations for lawmakers or other key stakeholders about、uh, what you think would help make the system smoother, or or anything about food assistance? Actually, talk to people going through food insecurity. Um, that was my 100% my biggest suggestion.、Um, I am a firm believer in the fact that you are not empathetic towards an issue if you have not experienced it or if you don't know someone who's experiencing it.、Um, so, like I used to do a lot of work with individuals with disabilities and with LGBT community, and going up in front of people and saying, "Hi, I am part of both of these communities. I have like an actual issue that I want to talk to you about." It puts a face to the issue, and people. Maybe they don't understand it more, but like they're more willing to listen because it's not just you're standing up there throwing a whole bunch of hypothetical facts and statistics at them. It's you up there talking about your story. And I feel like if lawmakers could just actually talk to people who are undergoing like you know these like trials and tribulations of food stamps and food insecurity, it would go a long way to you know like at least better understanding where people are coming from. You know, if someone you know sitting there making however much Congress makes nowadays、uh, can you know look at their food money and they don't even have to worry about it. They don't have to check a price tag. They can go to you know whatever store they want to, and it's not a problem.、Uh, versus like those of us who spend Sundays looking through the newspaper for sales, clipping coupons, worrying about the expiration dates on those coupons. When do I have time to go to the store? Um, Because you are working full time, right? Yeah, I work over forty hours a week, every week.、Um, so, like, by the time I get off work and get home, and you know, like, have the energy to go out again, 
am I, you know, going to get to a store that's open? Sometimes I work on the weekends or, you know, like the weekends are my only time to do like actual things in my life other than work. Um, so if I want to, you know, like go and like hang out with a friend, have like a healthy social life that like human beings need, um, is that coming at the cost of like me being able to like get food for the week? Um, and that's not a decision that I think I should have to make. I guess I'm one of those people who believes that everyone should have uh, adequate and free or affordable access to like housing and food and education and hygiene and you know the basic Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Um, but I know that in a, an age of capitalism and worrying about money at higher levels than us, uh, maybe our needs aren't always met or talked about the way that they should be. Uh, so I think that if people could just actually talk to those of us undergoing these issues or, you know, live a day as us, there's like the food stamps challenge or whatever where people like only live on the money of food stamps. Um, let's put all of our lawmakers through that uh, and see what they think then. I would, I would reckon uh, that some things could change after that. So before we, uh, we close this out here, I just want to like take one second to talk about food pantries and how you could help them and how they help other people. So like I said, I do work with a food pantry, so I have a little bit of insider knowledge that I'm going to share with everyone listening today. Um, when we're talking about food stamps and we're talking about food insecurity, food, st- food pantries are often utilized uh, on like a regular basis. Um, and I know that a lot of people, uh, there's like this, this thought that when the bag comes home with your child from their school or from their activity and it's uh, asking for donations, uh, like a really common thing that people do is they like clean out their cupboard of like the old and expired food. Um, we don't want to make anyone sick with expired food. So like we, we definitely don't keep a lot of that at all. Um, and we do get uh, a lot of like corn and green beans and peas because like those are cheap and a lot of people donate them. And while those are amazing and we love all the donations we get, you can build a food pantry on those three items. So if you're thinking about ways that you really want to help someone experiencing food insecurity through a food bank, um, ask them what their needs are. Uh, Like personally, our biggest needs are like hygiene items or canned meat or fruit or things like that. Um, If your food bank accepts milk, uh, I would 100% give them milk. Um, I've had conversations with individuals who, you know, would take cereal or would take oatmeal, but they are worried because they can't afford milk. When we're at a place in society where we can't afford milk, I would like to think that we all need to do our part to help with that. Um, and that's really the message I want to leave you with. Um, even if this isn't something that affects you, I think that anyone who can afford milk right now, we're in a little bit of a position of privilege when it comes to this because that's, that's just a basic item that I feel like we should all be able to get. Um, and so, yeah, if you really want to help people, talk to them. Talk to your local food pantry. Figure out what the needs are. Plan a food drive. Um, talk to your local lawmaker about SNAP and EBT and everything like that. Um, like, let's start a food insecurity revolution here. Uh, grassroots, starting from Greensboro, North Carolina. Come on, join me. Um, let's make this happen. Let's help everyone that 
maybe is in an insubordinate position that society has placed them in so they don't feel like their voices matter and like let's help them learn that like we're going to listen to them let's use our positions of privilege to like give voice to their concerns to the issues that they face that we might not face but that we have a duty as actual human beings in society to help with so thank you jessica for interviewing me today i am so happy that i got to you know, get on my soapbox here for a little bit. Um, thank you to everyone that's listening for staying this long with me through rambling on. Um, this has been great. Thank you. Thank you, Eli. You are amazing. You're doing phenomenal work. And thank you for being on this podcast. Thank you for listening to Voices of Hunger in North Carolina, presented by the North Carolina Alliance for Health and Moms Rising.